Welcome to the Freshman 15, a film discussion podcast where we focus on the freshman works of 15 notable directors. Here's what we do. Each episode we talk about a different freshman film, what's good, what's bad, what themes and stylistics the director went on to use in later films, and what was kicked to the curb. Also, we'll give you our opinion on whether the film still stands up, if it ever did. Or if it's for completists only. I'm Daniel Long. I grew up working at a convenience store, and once, because I was angry with a coworker, I ended up throwing some uncooked sausage at his car. And I'm Jeremy Bear. And Daniel and I used to hang around outside of a video rental center. I was the silent fat one. Should we get started? Yes, let's just do it. Hey, Dante, I'm gonna grab a Gatorade, all right? If you grab a Gatorade, then everybody's gonna grab one. So? So, who's gonna pay for these Gatorades? What do you care, you shoe polish smelling motherfucker? Hey, I have a responsibility here. I can't have everybody grabbing free drinks. Responsibility? What responsibility? You're closing a fucking store to play hockey. He's blunt, but he's got a point. Will you let me maintain some semblance of managerial control here? No, all I'm saying is if you're gonna be insubordinate, you might as well go to full nine. Not pussy out when it comes to free shit to drink. He's right. As if we're suddenly gonna have a run on Gatorade. Fucking A. All right! Jesus, you fuckers are pushy! So, Daniel, every time we do one of these episodes, in a way, it's kind of like a, a letter to the future because we, we record these in advance. And while we're sitting here recording, there are certain things that our listeners know that we don't know yet. Like, for example, who won the election? But, oh, good point. But there is something that's clear even in this pre-election <laughs> world that, we, that we're recording in. It's that whatever the outcome, most of the country is not too happy about how everything is going or how everything just went. It's true. And I'm hoping when people are listening to this, there's been some healing that's gone on. Needless to say, we're, we're here, you know, it's, it's mid-November and we've got, uh, we're, we're dealing with probably a very angry populace. We've got Thanksgiving coming up. All that adds up to something, in my opinion. And, and I think you, um, in our private discussions, you sort of named it. It's that this year we're, 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 we're celebrating, I think you called it Hatesgiving. Hatesgiving. Yeah. We're, yeah, this is really a season. We're really wanting to focus on that. Well, this is this is the, this is the catharsis, right? This yeah. is getting it all out. Before we're thankful, yeah. we have to be hateful. <laughs> that's what I. That's what I teach my children. I think that's what the pilgrims even taught. Oh, that's a good. <laughs> you know what? That's wow. that's probably truer than than yeah. I meant it to be. But... I know, and that's <laughs> all right. We'll judge later whether or not that comment makes it into the final edit. But I think probably to this day, I don't want to speak for both of us, but for me, I think I've probably gotten the most feedback and the most comments about our episode four, which was American Beauty. Mm -hmm. I've gotten so many positive comments about our discussion of that, not necessarily where we landed, right. but certainly in our discussion, and particularly because we didn't love it. No, we did not love it. But for some reason, that sort of struck a chord with people. And all these sort of facts and aspects led us to say, you know what? Let's, let's get it out there. Let's let's bear our guts. Let's do a movie that we can just get real frank. And so that's why we chose the director, Kevin Smith, and, and his freshman, freshman film, Clerks. Clerks. And here's the crazy thing. Independently, we talked about not liking this film. Yeah. I think that needs to be named because it's yeah. not it's not like oh you know we have we don't have these opinions and then all of a sudden we kind of bring each other over to our side. No, this is something we named. We should think about films we don't necessarily like. Yeah, I I think it's worth it, it it's true because I mean this whole thing we, we started uh, this podcast with a freshman film by the Cohen brothers Blood Simple and we went into it knowing that like this is going to be an exciting thing for us because we already both knew we love the film, we love the Coens and I think what 
sort of happened, American Beauty notwithstanding, is we've picked things that we thought there was a good chance that we could get excited about talking about. Yes. This is a stretching exercise, This I one's think. tough. It's tough. It's tough. I don't even know how to qualify that. All I yeah. know is, is Clerks, I remember not seeing all of what the fuss was about. That was one of going to be one of my first questions for you. Has your opinion of this film had any sort of evolution? If it's had an evolution, it's I'd consider it a downward spiral. Really? Yeah, I, I didn't. I. What, so does that mean that you had a better opinion of it at some point? I mean, it, I didn't like it when I first saw it. Yeah. But I hate it now. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I, yeah, I start to, I, I even started to wonder if this is an exer- exercise in masochism or something, because I'm going to go way out on a limb, say that I think Kevin Smith is possibly, possibly my least favorite director. Wow. So, I mean, I'm not kidding, man. I mean, it is, it is between, I, there, there's, there are days when I think, no, maybe it's Roland Emmerich. No, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I have a severe dislike for Roland Emmerich. There's other days, though, I think, no, it's it's got to be Kevin Smith. I just, there's there's nothing that Kevin Smith does that I find that I appreciate. Now, that's not to say that his films aren't worth discussing. I mean, if for right. no other reason, then what is it that's provoking this kind of reaction? I think that's a conversation worth having. Yeah, I do too. And I think that, I think the thing about Kevin Smith that is hard to talk about, at least for me, as I've been thinking about this, is I know I'm going to be pissing people off. In yeah. this, and I know our discussion, we're going to be hurting some feelings. Well, of course, because uh, you need only Google, um, I don't know, Kevin Smith talk or Kevin Smith speech mm-hmm. or Kevin Smith, you know, anything. And you see like these, he packs out these arenas with these rabid, rabid fans. You know, he just does these these evening with Kevin Smith events every so and often. And just a few questions, right? That like take up two hours of his time. I mean, yeah, yeah. he'll take, you know, he'll take a half hour to tell a story. And by the way, always interesting stories, honestly. But, you know, every so often you'll see someone, you know, stand up at the mic to ask Kevin Smith a question. And then they'll just sort of slightly imply that they weren't quite as into one of his films or something like that. And you'll hear like the entire audience cry mutiny because they just they they will rabidly defend the man and his work. And that's what I think is that's why I'm excited for this discussion is because what what is it that Kevin Smith's films are saying? that so resonate with people. I mean, and it's really, I think it seems like a specific, it seems like a specific age group of people. Like I'm not, people my age and younger aren't necessarily talking about Kevin Smith films. Yeah. There are people maybe just a little bit older than I am. Yeah. And people um, my age. Right. So we're going back to the Gen X. Well, yeah. And it really was. I mean, it's, you know what? I, I, I almost don't want to get too far into it before we talk about what we're talking about. So before we get into <laughs> That's it, good. Yes. Let's, uh, let, let's, let, let's get this out of the way. So the film in question is uh, 1994's Clerks. It really revolves around this character named Dante. He's a convenient, he works at a convenience store. He's called in on a day where he's not supposed to be working. He ends up deciding to work. It's next to a video store and the person working there, Randall. You can tell Randall and Dante are very close friends. Dante's trying to sort through his feelings about this girlfriend named Veronica, but then also this this ex-girlfriend named Caitlin. And it's hard to describe a plot in this film because it's a lot of vignettes put together, but it's a day in the life of this guy named Dante working at the store doesn't want to be there. Seems like he's just trying to figure out what the hell to do, not with his life, but with this day. Dude, they're talking about relationship issues, and they're talking about 
even trying to like theme it is too hard because it's it's just yeah, I what is it the what are theme. they talking about yeah i mean in, in, in a way it is sort of set up like it's a more of a stage play than it really is a um film let's let's start from the beginning here so do you remember where you were and when it was that you that you first saw clerks yeah i saw it not until i was in college and it was actually before i was in film school i was in college i was taking a i think a prerequisite writing course for screenwriting and and i don't know if it was a teacher or a friend in that class who suggested that if I haven't seen this, we should we should watch it. So I watched it and didn't understand why it was recommended as a movie to watch. I didn't know how it was supposed to be inspiring, um, what I was supposed to glean from it. Well, I think I mentioned this before that, you know, there was, it was in the sort of the mid late nineties. I was having this sort of awakening of like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm a person who's interested in film and I want to study films. And like every guy during that time who's suddenly interested in films, you know, I was going down the same path that everyone else was going down, discovering like Quentin Tarantino, mm -hmm. you know. And I noticed that all the, th all the, all the different types of films that I liked, I always saw that there was this sort of common denominator. And I, I would see like online message boards and things saying, Clerks. Clerks is your kind of movie. Kevin Smith is your kind of director. You need to check out Clerks. And I was just like, all right, you know, great. And it, you know, I had heard that it was shoestring budget, black and white film, but right. it was brilliant and all this. And I was excited. And so, you know, I remember I lived on my own and I went out and rented it and took it home and watched it. And I didn't know why or what I was supposed to be taking from it. I just, I, I didn't understand any of it and i mean like and i and i feel like that's it's kind of understating to say that because i i know that like even when we were talking about american beauty i talked about my experience of sitting in the theater and going oh my gosh i just don't get it well that's true and it's not i mean no i didn't really get it but at the same time i got what i sort of at least understood what people kind of were seeing in it kind of right i mean it, there's enough people were giving you or enough response people had to make you think okay i need to give this another shot which yeah. you did yeah yeah which i did exactly and that's why i went back to it and i was like oh okay all right no i'm 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 not crazy i do feel the way i feel and that's just not how everyone else seems to feel with clerks, it was a baffling experience because I'm looking at it and I was, I remember searching for at least some level, any level in which the movie was working. Right. And I couldn't find one level that this movie worked at all. I think we've all had this kind of experience where like, you know, you're dating someone and you meet their family and they say, oh, wouldn't you like to see home movies of this person that you love? Totally. And then they throw them on and it's, you know, for the first two minutes, you're like, oh, look, they, you know, they used to have pigtails. And then it goes on and you're like, when is this going to stop? When, when, when can this just end? Because surely you can see that unless you're actually in this family and a participant in the filming of the home movies, no one would ever care about this because that's that's what home movies are. And that's what how I felt like watching Clerks, like who that didn't actually work on this movie would care anything about this. I know. And I think that every time it, it cuts to a different a different vignette and a different name, you're like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Here's another one. Here it is. And just, I feel like I should name for people who are listening, because they not, they're not seeing what I'm seeing, which is a lot of work that you, Jeremy, are doing to stay measured in, in your talking about <laughs> clerks. There's a, there's a, you're, I, I can see these clicks and these, these things going on in your brain where you're like, no, I can't, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. I can't say that. It's true. It's true. I, I just, I hate it so much. 
Daniel, I hate it so much. I hate this movie so much. And and that, but but that's not helpful for anyone as as part of a discussion to just yell, "I hate it, I hate it." Well, if we, if I feel like if if we kind of took that posture, we would be like Dante, <laughs> where you're like Dante, yeah, right? you stop whining, yeah, yeah, please, please stop. You know what's stop whining. You know what's so interesting about it too is like the the first two minutes of the movie kind of tricks you because it opens with this montage. And I'm not saying it's a great montage or anything like that, but it does trick you into thinking that you're at least going to see something kind of unique and offbeat. And, you know, you're like, oh, huh. well, what is this? Oh, okay. Well, we're, you know, he's going around and he's, he's putting coffee in the coffee pot and the dog is yawning and he's, you know, rolling around his apartment and he's trying to fiddle with the locks and the store and all that. And it's just, you know, and it's nicely edited that first couple of minutes and, and you, and you're going... All right, all right, all right. And then it all just comes to a screeching halt. And I don't know how else to describe the film from there on out other than the, 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 the same word that I think applies to the entire film is lazy. Yes. Everything is lazy he from got there tired. on out. He, it's, like he, it's like after editing that sequence, he's like, oh, man, this is just too much work. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, if you notice, like, whole scenes... One, maybe two camera angles, and but oh, usually maybe. one. Oh, yeah, just usually one. Yeah, he just, he just, you know, he, I think he, he borrowed his dad's tripod, probably, and he set it up. Worst acting I've ever seen in a movie in my life. Oh, by that's, the way, that is not an overstatement. No, it's, it's so bad. I mean, it's so clearly he rounded up the guys that he hung out with for the last few years and said, make you famous, huh? Yeah, come on in. <laughs> come on in. <laughs> Yeah, it's so interesting. And this is, I mean, you know you're in trouble when the best actor in the film, and I I think this is pretty clear, is Kevin Smith, honestly. Right. He's the only guy in there that you even kind of believe, and he doesn't even say anything. And even maybe the one sentence he does have, you're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, at least he kind of sells that. I would have to put actors in quotes because there's just no acting going on. Honestly, it's it's a high school production of our town. I mean, it, it, no craft acting-wise is going into it. Excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt, but uh, what are you talking about? The ending of Return of the Jedi. My friend here is trying to convince me that any independent contractors who were working on the uncompleted Death Star were innocent victims when they were destroyed by the rebels. Well, I'm a contractor myself. I'm a roofer. And speaking as a roofer, I can tell you roofer's personal politics comes into play heavily when choosing jobs. Like one. A simple reshingling job. And when you have a script that's that, flat isn't the word, but it's just, it's... It's actually like one-noted. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone talks with essentially the same voice, whether it's a male or a female or or an older person or a younger person. Everyone has the same... Yeah speaking cadence and, and rhythm to the to their dialogue. There's no differentiation between any character. And every character has a mix of both street talk, right? And then they have these lines that are kind of beefed up, almost yeah. sound like, like they're supposed to sound very smart and poetic and intellectual. I know, but it's that pseudo. You know what I call Ugh. it? I, I call it I call it pot philosophy. Which th- yes, this this is how it feels to me. And forgive me, but this is how I see it. Many of us have been in a situation. We've been sitting with friends. The weed comes mm-hmm. out. Everyone has a little bit of weed, and then every soul, and then everyone turns into like a philosopher. Well, if you were to turn on your cell phone recorder mm-hmm. during this time and play it back later, you would be like. 
oh, well, this is a gathering of idiots. But at the time, everyone feels like they're so, this is a mind-expanding exercise for everyone, and everyone's just so in love with their own poetry and that kind of thing. The script of Clerks feels like that. Like, you know, we recorded pot philosophy for a couple of hours, but no one bothered to say, yeah, but did you ever get to the point where you realize that none of this is deep or or interesting or moving or human or anything? This is just, it's so happy with itself. Oh, man, and that's, that's probably my one of my biggest things against the film. It it has a, such a, a pretentious view of itself. Even if you hear Kevin Smith or people of that generation who were either involved in the film or really loved the film, there's this this sense in which well this this film actually depicts what my life was like and and how I live and I think that just can't be true. Maybe I'm sounding like a like a pompous asshole, and I don't mean to be, but I just think. I don't I feel like people are better than that. Yeah. You I mean, want you want them to you be. You want them to be, yeah. So our our previous episode we talked about George Lucas. Mm-hmm. We talked about THX. We ended off with a question for the audience and for ourselves in trying to figure out whether or not THX was a successful movie. You have to eventually ask the question, what's the point of film? Right. And honestly, I feel like there's there's no other film to better pick that question back up again than Kevin Smith's Clerks because, yeah, I hate it. I hate the movie. It's, it's a slog for me to get through. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'm sure you even remember, Daniel, as I was watching it, I was texting you yeah. and saying, I have to watch this in chunks because it's just it gets on my nerves too much but why is that i mean what what is it that that clerks is failing to do what is this idea of film that i have that I, that what film is supposed to be that clerks is failing so profoundly at like why does it bug me that much honestly well and i i think that kevin smith I've read him or I've read an interview with him where he talks about, you know, one of the things that that he's really passionate about is self-expression and that he wants people to express themselves and have the freedom to do that. And I even read, and I'm assuming it was in quotation, so this must be from him, where he said, I'm not creative. I just put what I've lived into my films. So that he's suggesting that he's not trying to, to do anything apart from putting this, whatever he's experienced, whatever he's he's lived, really filming that. And I think that there's a fine line between self-expression for its own sake and then wanting to express yourself almost for the sake of others, which I think requires almost like a to do something different, something larger, where it becomes not just about yourself in front of a camera, but how are you a stand-in or how is your story maybe representative of other people's stories? I don't, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but that's kind of what it gets me thinking about. Well, I, I think that also feeds into one of the things that we were talking about last time, which is what is the artist's response? responsibility to him or herself versus right to their audience is it okay to do this to do something that's for you and let people in on it you know it, it, it what point does that become toxic though mm-hmm. is there a is there a level at which it's like you have to have some sort of audience engagement in mind or else this is well, then what is this you know maybe that is one of the levels that i feel like kevin smith films fall down is that it's not that he's not thinking of his audience because i mean he must be he has one he knows who they are he knows what to write that's going to resonate with them but at the same time i guess you have to question what is kevin smith hoping to cultivate in his audience you know what conversation is he hoping to have what conversation is he hoping to inspire now 
what conversation is Austin Powers hoping to inspire? You know, I, I don't know, but at least Austin Powers kind of has a mission, you yes. know, and, and, and it's a, it's a mission of, we want to poke fun at things. We want people to laugh. Yeah, no, it's not high art. It's not even high humor, mm-hmm. really. It's just, but it is funny, mm-hmm. you know, I think. But with something like Clerks, I, you know, or with Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, or even Chasing Amy, or Mall Rats, or these kinds of things, like, I, I can't, and this is, I'll, I'll own it. This is a judgment that may or may not be fair. But I feel like the only thing that Kevin Smith is trying to impart to his audience is, I'm kind of smart, aren't I? What do you think? Mm. See all this? It's actually kind of smart. That's irritating to me because, number one, no, I don't think it's smart. Right. And number two, if that's your mission, there are better missions. You know, I, I, I don't know. But that's, but again, uh, that's a judgment, and I, that's a judgment I'm making, and it may or may not be fair, but I, I, I can't help but landing there. No, I know, and I think that that's the way he uses language in his films would suggest that the thing that, that he wants to be known for is the way his characters talk. And the things that they talk about, by his own admission, I think, he has no creative style. He has no aesthetic. He doesn't, doesn't think about where to put the camera. Do you think that he believes that when he says that? I don't know. I mean, you know what? I want to believe that he believes what he's saying, because then it kind of gives me a little bit a more generous view of him. Yeah. I mean, is it is it possible that that's a faux self-deprecating answer to his critics? You know, I think it could be. And yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I guess it could be. But he's had a lot of, I think he's made some excuses for his films, you know, in, in terms of, oh, you know, the, with Clerks, we only had $27,000 to make it, which is what they, you know, that, what they had to make it. Or we could only film at night. Yeah. Um, which is part of the story for that. You know, with Mallrats, the idea of wanting to simply focus on, on these people talking and in this very, maybe Dante and those people have gotten older. You know, the idea of those people have gotten older. Now here's where they work. But see, my problem with Kevin Smith is, and I think that he actually made the movie he wanted to make with Clerks. It feels like he did. Like, it's not that he was limited. It's like, oh, this is the only film I was able to make. Yeah. And I think with the other film filmmakers that we've been talking about, I mean, it was their freshman films. They raised the bar on themselves. Right. To make the film that they actually felt like they not only wanted to make, but needed to make. I mean, I, you can't help it with, especially with a lot of these freshman films, like you, you look at them and you speculate, like what led to that or what, what did you see or what conversation did you have or what experience did you have? I speculated on Clerks about what led into it. And, I, and then I went, I did a little bit of reading on it and it turns out <laughs> most of my guesses were right. <laughs> um, Kevin Smith absolutely was a guy who worked in a convenience store. Yes. In fact, he worked at that convenience store that he, you know, that he filmed in. You know, as soon as they did the thing where, oh, uh, Dante's having trouble raising the cover on the, you know, the, the garage door or whatever that thing is called. And he has to put a sign up that right. says, oh, it's really open. I, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, well, of course, yeah. because they have to keep the store open and they can only shoot at night. So that's a convenient way to make it so that the shades are always down and yes. make it so they can shoot at night. And so, and sure enough, you know, I looked online and I was right. That's, that's why they did that. And I'm not, I'm not even saying, I'm not even criticizing that. Right. You know, that's a 
clever workaround and make it making it a sort of a story point, I guess. But of course, Dante is Kevin Smith. Of course he is. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's too specific, the complaints that he's giving and, you know, about his life, wanting to take the leap and, you know, other people trying to encourage him and all that. And that's fine. Then I come back around. I'm like, why does it bother me that the movie is so transparent? You know, I mean, is that, why do I need it to be more clever than that? And I don't, I don't have a good answer for that. I don't know. I just, I know that I just, I want it to be smarter. I want even in these little vignettes that you see, it's what I've come to expect out of film. I, I, I want to see I want to see a theme yes. get touched on and then developed, and I want to see things um, come back around. And they never really do. Nothing that's nothing actually clever happens. Nothing clever yeah, happens. You could argue there's an arc in Dante, but then I feel like even that's kind of slapped on at the end. Yeah, where you don't you don't see it in the film. It's yeah. just at the end after he has this maybe the worst fight ever filmed right. um, in the history of cinema. Yeah. It, and after that, they have some sort of pseudo-philosophical, wonderful conversation about his future and his life and how he doesn't make choices or his right. own choices have left him here or whatever. Jesus, nobody twisted your arm to be here. You're here of your own volition. You like to think the weight of the world rests on your shoulder like this place would fall apart if Dante wasn't here. Christ, you work in a convenience store, Dante, and badly, I might add. I work in a shitty video store, badly as well. We like to make ourselves seem so much more important than the people that come in here to buy a paper or, God forbid, cigarettes. We look down on them as if we're so advanced. Well, if we're so fucking advanced, what are we doing working here? Um, great. Awesome. Yeah, we've had that story a million times. I mean, I just think that, like... For me, the trans why it's it's bothersome that it's transparent is because it's not about anything more than that. I don't know if Kevin Smith hadn't learned anything yeah. that he needed to say or to share in through film. You feel like he hasn't lived enough life in order to make that film. Right. I think that there are people who could have made a film about a guy who's working at a convenience store and it could have been meaningful and at the end of the day I think I could I, I know I could I could have learned something from that sure um, if David Mamet would have written that script that's a film I want to look at absolutely because I think he would have actually used all even if he didn't have enough money he would have used what he had to have some sort of visual storytelling yeah the writing would have been more meaningful. That's the thing. I don't want to use words like intelligent or even not smart. I just don't feel like there's a lot of meaning. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. Going in reverse order, I guess. I don't even know what my own answer to this is. Are there things that do work about clerks? Damn it. Uh, <laughs> These pauses are being oh, edited gosh, down for time. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. If there are things that worked in the film... It's the things that happen at the beginning. There's no story to sustain what it is he's already set us up for at the beginning and who these characters are. Once I've heard them talk, each maybe having a sentence or two, I know who they are and I, there's nothing else mm -hmm. that I get from them. The entire film, every single character that is true of for me. So if there's anything that works, it's that. And it's the first few minutes of the movie as I'm kind of getting introduced to these characters. And the reason why it stops working is because it, it just, it keeps happening in that same way. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. What do you... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, past that first, like, montage that I felt like was fine, I watched the movie with my wife throughout the movie. <laughs> I hope Kevin Smith never has to listen to this podcast. You know what, though? I don't, I think, I don't think Kevin Smith would care. It probably wouldn't. No. I know. And why should he? 
You know, he's doing fine. And I also, and actually, I want to, I want to talk a little bit about the Kevin Smith, the man, in in a, in a minute or two here. But you know, I watched the, I watched the film with my wife. This is true. About every ten minutes, she would look over at me and she would say, "How much left?" Yep. And I would, you know, hit the little pause thing, and you know, it would show, okay, forty nine minutes left. Oh. 38 minutes left. And she'd be like, okay, okay. Because and we both just had this shared experience of we weren't really watching it. We were just enduring it. Because there, there's a quality. There's a quality to the film. I mean, you know, I hate to be so crass about it, but it's just this sort of masturbatory quality where toward the beginning, there's a conversation where Dante and his girlfriend, Brilliant. Veronica. Yeah. Uh, he's painting her nails for some reason. And it comes out that uh, she has sucked 37 dicks. Well, um, something like 36. What? Something like 36? Who are you, boys? Well, what is that anyway? Something like 36. Does that include me? Um, 37. I'm 37? I'm going to class. Oh, my God. 37. My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks. In a row? The conversation doesn't really go in a direction that seems to even justify itself. And you it's just, just there. It's just there. And again, this is the cynic in me, but I don't know how else to arrive anywhere else. I, I just, it feels like Kevin Smith thought it would be so much fun to write something to have an actress say that she sucked 37 dicks. That made him giggle to himself in front of his, you know, word processor in 1993. Or and all the porno titles. Right. right, all the yeah. porn, yeah, yeah, the porn titles, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I, they're not even clever, really. <laughs> I mean, the "Come on, Eileen" was the only one that made me right. giggle a little bit. Other than that, it was just like, well, th- this is just—we were all in middle school. Poop and pee and 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 butts and penises are funny, I guess. But and he's in college. Dante's in college. <laughs> That's the thing that I have to constantly remind myself of. I mean, I worked at a convenience store in high school. Yeah. And it was it wasn't even like that, but I feel like there are a lot more there are a lot of things more justified at that age than in, in college yeah. talking about. Then you have at the end, right? His his ex girlfriend having sex with a dead guy. I know. I, and so so he sets up this this weekend at Bernie's sort of scenario, and I can understand why something like that. There are certain types of movies where that's like a funny, crazy, goofy thing right. that could happen. That ties into the goofiness of the overall thing. But even this, it doesn't tie into anything. It's just, it just feels like he thinks it would be funny to have this completely ridiculous, implausible thing. Even in the reality of Clerks, it's pretty implausible, right. you know? But he still has it. And that's the other thing, too. I feel like the the aesthetic of the movie, which is just sort of this, it's this this grainy, the way it's shot, it evokes this kind of, you're getting the real documentary style, the grit of real life or something like that. But the feeling of the movie is so contrary to yeah. the visual style of it. I'm sure if Kevin Smith were sitting here behind a microphone, he would say, well, 27 grand, we, you know, we did it exactly. black and white because we didn't have lights and we didn't have color temperature monitors and we didn't have all this. Well, fine, whatever. Okay. I mean, there, you know, I'm sure there's a hundred excuses and good reasons, mm-hmm. but we're here in 2016 evaluating this very famous film. People love it. And I, it, <laughs> I know. People. I know. People it. go nuts for this film. They go nuts for it. You know, and, and I think this kind of goes back to the what you said earlier. It does seem masturbatory, and, and, and I always react to this in movies when I feel like I'm supposed to feel a certain way after something happens or is said. I almost don't want, I resist it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know I'm supposed to laugh at this girlfriend just having sex with a dead guy. Yeah. 
Or I know I'm supposed to laugh. Yeah, when they're talking about how his girlfriend went down on 37 guys. Right. What if I don't find it funny? Yeah. And that's going to be and that's going to be the you know, the argument. Well, that's just not your kind of movie. Well, okay. One way that I have found is valuable in terms of like assessing a movie. Is it necessarily is this my kind of movie? I mean, that's an important question. It is. It's because fair. I think there are great movies that aren't my kind of movie, mm-hmm. clearly. A more valuable question might be, does it accomplish what it appears to be trying to accomplish? And that's a completely different thing than is this your kind of movie? Absolutely. Is this your kind of movie? I mean, that's that, that's 100% in the realm of the subjective. Whereas, is it accomplishing what it appears to be trying to, to accomplish? Also a subjective question, mm-hmm. but there are some objective standards that you can apply to that, I think, kind of. It appears to be trying to accomplish the objective of speaking intelligently about relationships. Right. About careers and professions, and about in, dreams. in a way that's real, right? This that's is how real. real people talk about these things. Yeah, exactly. And uh, inspiring the audience to, to take their own chances and their own relationships and those kinds of things. And that's, okay, yeah, all right. It seems to be trying to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, is it successfully doing that? I don't see how it's successfully doing that. Now, you know, again, I, I'm sure a lot of people would disagree with me on that, but I just don't see it. I it just it just seems to be too happy with itself to to do effectively what it what it's trying to do. And I think what I think why it resonates with people is because they are given freedom to laugh at these things that they haven't necessarily heard or seen in a movie before. Yeah. And I don't think that, that that's not a good argument. It's not a worthy objective. No, it's not. It was, yeah, and it's not a good argument for whether or not the film is good. I mean, yeah. I can see a lot of shocking things on film. It doesn't mean that it's important or it's going to make a, a mark on my life or in the world in some significant way. Now it does it does resonate with some people. What, what do you think that is? What, what what why do you think that is? What is it in certain people that really respond to Kevin Smith? People I know who love this movie. In particular, I'm thinking of people in college. There's the stoner culture element to it, and we we already described that. But there is this sense of like, oh my gosh, people are talking about these things that I do, these crazy jokes about sex and women and things that that they might have like talked about quietly now it's kind of up on the big screen that they it kind of gives them license to be able to talk this way um or if they think this way now oh okay here actually people talking about it i can i can do that i think that there's a certain element in which maybe the gorilla for i'm thinking now for film students the gorilla style maybe inspires people to be able to make films and that's i that's the type of film i think kevin smith makes and i think we talked about this is his films constantly scream to me, you could have made this, but you didn't. Yeah. Like, that's, and I feel like he's making that point all of the time. Like, I, I mean, I think that's key. I think you're right. And so I think people can watch that film and be like, wait a second, what did I do yesterday? What was my day like? And what do right. I have to complain about? I can make, I can make a, an hour and a half film about that. That's great. That's important. People should care about that. Mm-hmm. I do think that there's there's an element of, of maybe inspiration young people get from that movie to be able to say, okay, I just need to think about my last week. There's two hours. There's two hours of some filmable filmable content that would be worthy. He's speaking to, to you, man. Kevin Smith is speaking to you and, and your, my generation. your generation. No, so. it's true. 
It's true. I mean, from the from the second that you know uh, the Dante from the in, in the some of the opening shots, he's tucking his cargo pants into his Doc Martens or whatever whatever it is. But yeah, this was my generation. This is who they were. These were these guys, and they were you know I, I think there's a decent chance that Dante a year or two later was into ska and you know all this <laughs> right, jazz. Totally. I'm sure he was. And yeah, a lot of people that were my age that are my age, whatever, you know, particularly in the, in the mid nineties. Yeah. Kevin Smith was their guy. I mean, and yeah, you're right. The stoner culture, that's, that's, oh, that's, yeah. that's part of it. Yeah. That's gotta be, I'm sure that's most of it really. I'm not saying that's most of the appeal, but I, I think that's probably most of his audience mm-hmm. to a degree. Part of that leads into the man, Kevin Smith himself. And I know we've been taking a huge dump on the films of Kevin Smith and that's appropriate because I, you know, I don't, I don't think they're good, but Kevin Smith, the man, I mean, this is going to sound very strange, but, um, you know, I would say that if, if, if you were to, if I were to make a list of directors mm-hmm. that I would want to hang out with, he would probably honestly be in the top 10 because he's, he's actually a very genuine guy. Yeah. He seems very sincere. The world is full of fucking why, man. You tell people something, they'll tell you why. Throw a rock and you'll hit somebody with why. Like, Hey man, I want to make a movie. Why? Why do you think you could do that? Why? Why? Nobody else is doing it. Why are you doing it? There's so much fucking why. You go out and you find why not. You surround yourself with why not. People are just like, why not? Where you're like, hey man, I'm going to try something. Like, all right, why not? Let's give it a shot. People will try to help you do your dreams, make your dreams come true and shit. And you do the same for fucking them. We're all in this together. And it costs nothing to encourage a fucking artist. That's why I get up here for almost 20 years now. Anybody can do this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wasn't born into a business or the film business or born with a mic in my hands. I have no fucking discernible talent whatsoever, man. I have no connections to the business. I got lucky. Somebody picked up the movie and boom, I was off and running. Part of your your job, part of your honor, part of your privilege is to make sure that keeps going, to encourage other people, you know, to tell people it's worth the shot. It's always worth the fucking shot. He's a big-hearted, genuine, cool guy, really. I mean, I've said this before about Kevin Smith, but I wish that he would have, he would make his whole career doing speaking engagements because he's great at that. Yeah. You know, he has, he tells great stories about Hollywood. I'm a, I'm a big comics and graphic novels guy. He's heavily into that world. In fact, he's a comics writer, not a good one, but he is. Is he an artist? Is he a visual artist? In the no, he just writes. Okay. And I have a couple of graphic novels written by Kevin Smith. Again, I don't think they're well written. In fact, I think his comics writing is on par with his film writing. Hmm. But he has a, a charisma. And he does. It, it, it can't, you can't really deny it. He has this thing about him. He has this sort of gravitational pull. He has this magnetism that you can understand why Jason Mewes and all these other weirdos would want to just follow Kevin Smith off a cliff if he asked him to, because he's got that quality. He's got that. I mean, you know, you look at some of these, these films like Dogma and the Jay and Silent Bob movie. These are like star studded movies. Oh, there's so many people. I mean, even his more recent ones have lots right. of stars in them. He, they turn out like crazy for, for Kevin Smith. I mean, a list people. Yeah. I look at them sometimes and I'm like, surely you can see that these are awful movies you're getting involved with. But I think, honestly, I don't think it's, I don't think it's the movie. I think it's Kevin Smith. They want to be around that guy because he's a guy people want to be around. Yeah. And I think that that's why he was, he's been able to keep doing what he's doing and making films. It's because people want to root for him. Yeah. I think if he kind of gave himself the freedom to be that, 
to be okay with, you know, his little corner of the world and what he actually is, what seems to be good at doing, which this is actually a really good point about Kevin Smith is you're right. He's good at bringing people around him. Like he actually has a voice or he has an audience. It would be so wonderful to see him maybe have confidence in his voice and to use that and have leverage that for some wonderful things. You're right. He does that. He brings people around him. My wife, Carrie, mentioned, um, you know, she has a low opinion of Kevin Smith films, but she said, but he's so sweet. Yeah. And I said, yeah, well, he is. And she, you know, and she mentioned a video that's online that that, uh, that that I've seen where maybe you've seen it. it's him talking to his daughter. Yes, that is a very, yeah, very it's touching. Be- it is. It's a beautiful video. And it's, uh, but if you haven't seen it, and we'll link to it. But uh, it's, you know, Kevin Smith is telling the story of, the, of his favorite actor that he's ever worked with. He talks about how his daughter has been in a couple of his movies. And the way he communicates the experience of working with his daughter and directing his daughter on set and how it caused him to fall in love with movies all over again you're like what a great guy yeah totally dad please tell me who is your favorite actor you've ever worked with there's no wrong answer you you hands down you and i don't just say it because you're my kid and you're standing in front of me and their camera's running you made me want to be a better filmmaker more than anyone in this world because i was like oh i could be useful to her so yeah because of that you're my favorite performer got another question I'm never going to watch that fucking movie, but but boy, what a sweetheart. I, I, he has that quality. But it also makes me, and I'm, I'm curious what you, if you have opinions on this. I hate clerks. You hate clerks. Have you ever seen a Kevin Smith movie that you actually came around on and, or appreciated or, or liked? I think if there was a movie I liked the most of his films, and that's not even to say that I, I like it. It's actually Chasing Amy. There's a lot in that film that frustrates the hell out of me. But the one thing I think he's trying to do is say something interesting about relationships. He's his own worst enemy with regard to that because I feel like it falls flat again or it's only one noted. Right. But I still think the premise of that is fascinating. I mean, that's as much as I can say positively about Kevin Smith movies. Yeah, no, that's fair. I And I saw Chasing Amy. I, if I'm being honest, I liked it about as much as Clerks. But the only movie that I saw that I felt like was slightly more watchable was Red State. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's, I, I, I mean, it's not a good movie, um, but at least it's, you have engagement with it. You see what it's trying to do. Any investment that you had in the movie falls apart in the third act completely and you just, you're mad at yourself for watching it. But, <laughs> you know, he gives you most of at least a, a movie that you don't mind continuing with, I guess. <laughs> that's as kind as I know how to be. But anything that he's done that's where he's trying to be funny, I, I can't. You know, I even for even in preparation for this, I tried starting Jay and Silent Bob. I tried starting um, what all else, but you know, all his movies that are in that universe, right? You know, Clerks, Clerks Two, Mallrats, uh, Jay and Silent Bob. They're making Chasing another Amy. Clerks. Yeah, I think they're making a third oh, one. Oh man, Dogmas, yeah, Dogmas. Dog. Eh, I mean, it's that same thing. It's like it's oh crazy premise, but I just think that it is becomes the same thing. It's almost like Kevin Smith hasn't changed. His, through his films, you'd look at his films and you'd be like, okay, you haven't really progressed or grown up at all. But then you do see him talk in interviews and you're like, oh, well, there's a certain, there's a humanity there that I just don't get in his movies. Yeah. I, you know, even when I, I think I got through about 15, 20 minutes of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, which I'd never seen before, but I, I think I watched it a few days ago. 
it struck me as, I don't know how else to put it, it struck me as the inevitable conclusion of where Kevin Smith seems to be trying to take his hmm. aesthetic, which is, you know, just fully given into the cartoonish, ridiculous, you know, over-sexualized, all that jazz. You know, I mean, that, that, that that's almost like a Kevin Smithy Van Wilder kind of movie or something like that where, you know... Hey, you know, people watch those movies, you know, right. I, they're certainly never going to be awards fodder or anything like that. But I feel like Clerks was trying to be more than that. Mm -hmm. It didn't succeed, but I felt like at least there was the ambitions for it to be more than that, even if that was beyond the powers of Kevin Smith. Well, that's generous. Way to go. Okay. All right. Go. All right. Yeah. 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 It, was, it was trying. <laughs> yeah. You, you succeeded. Yeah. That gets into, um, you know, that's a question that we often ask is where does Clerks stand in the in the overall body of work for Kevin Smith? I mean, I can't claim to have seen. Yeah, I can't either. Even half his movies, maybe. But I don't know. I don't know how to assess that. I don't know if you have opinions on that. You know, I don't. I mean, I don't have. From what I've seen of Kevin Smith, this, I think, would rank at the bottom. Um, I'll stop there. <laughs> I feel like I've already done enough. I mean, he's gotten, he's acquired a little bit of a technical prowess, I guess. That's one of the things that pissed me off so much about Clerks is it's, it's that flat staging and that, I don't know. And I don't know that his writing has gotten less lazy, but even there's little things that bother me. Like, you know, at one point they make, a, they make the joke about why do all prices end in nine? And then you still look around all the prices that are all around them. None of them end in nine. They all say 195, 165, 208 or something like that. And I'm sure Kevin Smith took it back into editing and said, oh, it's actually kind of funny. Yeah, totally. It's, but it's not funny. It's lazy. You know, there's a difference between lazy and funny, and I, you don't seem to know the difference. So, oh, there's something else I wanted to mention. He left in the fuck-ups. He left in, like, the places oh, yeah. where his actors mess up. Yeah, oh, yeah. Tw I mean, I can think of twice. One within the, in the car with Randall, another with, with Jay. Shit, my grandma used to say, what's better, fucking... A good play with nothing on it? No way, I fucked up. What's a good play with nothing on it? Meaning? Oh, no, she was seen all that shit. She used to fucking piss herself all the time and shit herself. And you can tell, no, that's not, that's a guy who's trying to be an actor screwing up. That's not like a, a interesting ad lib or something like that. And for some reason, Kevin Smith thought, yeah, leave it in, you know, and it baffles me like how oh, it's, yeah it goes with his character the stoner guy of course yeah, yeah. anyhow i i mean yeah, yeah. I, I don't know enough about kevin smith's i'm not familiar enough with all of his movies to know if that's like a, a going thing that he does but i guess you could say that there's probably a little more polish now on Ma it yeah i still don't know if he knows what to do with the camera though no I don't know if you heard the famous story about um, about when he was working on that but with a movie I never saw, the one that uh, with Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan. Oh, Cop Out? I haven't seen it, but I haven't even heard. I, I know that there's beef between... Um, Him and Bruce Willis. Yeah. Yeah. And supposedly, um, they, there was just conflict throughout the whole thing. One of the conflicts arose because Bruce Willis was asking him about, like, you know, the lenses he was shooting with because it was going to affect, like, you know, mm -hmm. where he kept his gestures and all that. And according to the story that Kevin Smith tells, he didn't even know. He didn't know what, what he, he didn't was know shooting. What, no, he didn't know what lens he was using, lenses he was using to shoot the, and I guess. Oh, man. And I guess Bruce Willis got all up in his shit about it. Like, how can you not know that? And, you know, of course, this is Kevin Smith telling the story right. to his to his followers, and they're all laughing. They're loving at, it. Yeah, they're loving it because, oh, pretentious Bruce Willis is getting all, all up in our hero's grill about this. 
Meanwhile, I'm sitting there watching the video going, how can you not know what right. lens you're using to shoot? I mean, listen, I, you know, I shoot commercials. I'm certainly not, you know, like any... <laughs> Any feature film guru right. or anything like that, but even at the but you care the modest level that I shoot things, I know what lens is on the freaking camera. You know, I mean, oh that's pretty basic, dude. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've heard similar stories where he's he'll make maybe have two, one or two takes, and the actor's like, I I don't know, I don't. Do you want to do it again? He's like, Ah, does, what does it matter? Yeah, who like, cares? Heard, yeah, who cares? I've heard I've heard that story. It's it's so it's so interesting. It's a straight, almost a calculated sort of laziness. I don't know. I don't I don't know how else to put it. And going into this, this is kind of what was pissing me off about it. We're gonna sound like assholes <laughs> talking about this. Yeah, and it is because we care about these things. Well, it's, yeah, truly. But here's a guy who he's admitted himself. I he doesn't necessarily care or know. Yeah. It's hard to talk about that. If someone yeah. doesn't know, I feel like a jerk. But then this guy's like, well, you know, it doesn't matter anyway. So I think that's part of what's annoying to me, though, is because, like, why does Kevin Smith get a pass? Right. When there's so many filmmakers working so hard to not fall into the dumbass traps that Kevin Smith just doesn't seem to give a shit about. But Kevin Smith gets a pass because, I mean, I, I think it's because he's got this horde of stoners behind him who are, you know, who are going to go see his movies no matter what. Maybe. I just, I, but that, I don't know. That's partly what I find annoying. And I can't get too annoyed because I know he's a good guy. <laughs> and I think he's got a, you know, a decent heart at the end of the day. Totally. But then he's still making these bullshit movies. And it just, I, it, so I'm just, I keep ping-ponging back and forth. Of course, I'm, I'm, I'm right with everyone who says, look, if you don't like a movie, then go, don't go to it. I yeah. mean, yeah, I'll complain about, you know, whatever. Medea goes to, you know, Easter vacation or whatever the hell it is. But I don't watch Medea movies, so it doesn't really, it, it doesn't yeah. really affect my life. But I don't know what it is. It's just, I, I just, it sticks in my craw with Kevin Smith for some reason. It's, I think it's because we care and he doesn't at the end of the day. It, it doesn't even matter. For him. Yeah. And who are we? We're a couple of I mean we're a couple of guys on the internet who have opinions, who bitch and never really and who don't make our own movies or something like that. And all right, yeah, you know what? Fair enough. But like you said, I care about movies. I care too. I care about these freshman films we've been talking about. And yeah. the work that went into those films to make them what they were. When you're stacking it, I was part of a writer's group for a while. I was giving another writer criticism on a, on a piece that she had written. And I'll never forget the, the comment that I got back when she's like, you know, thanks. I'm not trying to write like Melville or something like that here. I'm not. This was just like a poem that I wrote. So it's just like, you know, take it easy. So like and back off. Yeah, and for some reason that like sent me set me off. Did you go off on that person? Well, not like in the moment, but like mentally, oh, yeah. I was just like, well, then what? What? What the fuck are we doing here? Yeah. If you're not, I mean, yes, yes, compare yourself to Melville. Do that. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like okay, Kevin Smith. No, no, Clerks isn't. No, it, it's not Citizen Kane. But guess what? Citizen Kane was a freshman film. So actually, let's compare Clerks. To Citizen Kane. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, how does Clerks measure up to Citizen Kane? Well, <laughs> it doesn't stack up. I'm just going to come right I out mean, and say it. Well, I mean, they're black and white. <laughs> Both had actor directors. Good point. Actor writer directors. N newspapers. Sure. What? Oh, there were, yeah, there the were newspapers. In the convenience store, yeah, yeah. I think they had like a shot of them. But that's that's but, how I yeah, feel. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah, that's, but that is the problem for me. Is if you're going to make films, 
care about it. Yes. If you're going to make art, then make art. Yeah. At least try hard to make art. Yeah. Do the thing that, and I'm trying to remember the episode because you made a comment once, which which really resonated with me uh, about, uh, I want to say it was like George Saunders or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah. And you were talking about how he, you know, he, every Boss time he- Lerman. I think it was the Boss Lerman episode. Yeah, and whenever he tried comparing himself to Hemingway or something like that, it didn't. And so he realized that he had to do what he specifically did to the best of his ability. And I think that is different than saying, well, I'll never be Ernest Hemingway, so fuck it. I'll just, you know, that's different than saying, I'm still going to do what I do to the best it can possibly be done. And maybe Kevin Smith genuinely is doing the best he can possibly do. That's, that's, that's possible. I, it doesn't work for me. No. So, I think this question answers itself. Does this film stand on its own, or is it for completists only? Yeah, completists. I, I mean, don't even think it's for completists, I, what's a, what's, I was think, trying to think of another word. Like, <laughs> if you're trying to watch every film that's ever been made, yeah, and we're using that that's the definition of completists, then yeah. you'll have to watch it. Well, sure. I mean, <laughs> if you like Chasing Amy, and if you like Dogma, and if you like Jay and Silent Bob, then yeah, man, Pokemon, catch them all. Go, go and watch Clerks. It'll complete your special collection. But it, uh, in my opinion, his his films aren't worth watching. Don't bother. I don't. I wouldn't waste your time. Don't waste your time. There's so many great films in the world. But listen to him talk. Listen to him talk. Listen to, you know, there, there's so many different, An Evening with Kevin Smith. It's funny. I, 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 this is something else I want to link to on our Facebook page. Uh, he, he tells a story about the time he was nearly the director of the new Superman film. What? It's the greatest story. It's hilarious. Oh, man. It's, it's a we'll great link, story. We'll link to it. We've got a link to that one. But I think we're going to say that's it for this episode of The Freshman 15. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, to recap, Kevin Smith, Clerks, avoid at all costs. If you want to reach us to tell us what you think of this episode of the podcast, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us at freshman15film at gmail.com. You know, if you have a freshman film you'd like to recommend, you'd like to have us talk about, you know, drop us a line. Let us know. Also, if you could do us a favor and go on iTunes and give us a rating for our podcast. It actually helps with search engines so that people can find us and locate us. And I would love for you to do that if you can. Thanks for spreading the word. Thanks for the rating on iTunes. We really appreciate it. And we also want to thank our friends over at Steelcraft. Uh, born of a desire to see people come together over food and drinks, Steelcraft unites local eateries with a communal dining space in Long Beach. Uh, for more information, visit SteelcraftLB.com. Thanks again for listening. I'm Daniel Long. And I'm Jeremy Bear. Later. <laughs>